Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, DJs and DJs of the future, this episode of the podcast is supported by Show Me The Sample, a YouTube series from myself and Dan Nightingale. Now, Dan is a legend on the UK stand-up comedy circuit and star of the hit Have A Word podcast. We explore the samples that feature in tracks you love and the incredible stories behind them. Just search Show Me The Sample on YouTube. You can find more episodes of this podcast, including chats with James Hype, Ben Hemsley, Night Funk, Nathan C, Gop, and more, so many more. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and now, including this very episode on YouTube. For that full video experience, simply search Felix Slater in the house or visit youtube.com, DJ Felix Leiter. And... Don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell to stay updated. In this episode, I talk to Lovra about her breakthrough tracks, gigging in Ibiza, and the mental health concerns surrounding the industry at present. We talk favourite gigs and dream DJ lineups. It's a super engaging chat with an artist I'm positive we'll all be hearing and seeing a lot more of after this pandemic passes. So, let's get into it. Felix Leiter's In The House, the podcast about DJs, what they do and who they are. Lovra, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm really good. Uh, And you are in Berlin today. How is, this is such a a British thing, right? How is the weather in Berlin today? (laughs) (laughs) Um, today it's pretty nice. The sun is shining, blue sky. I can see it right now. But um, yeah, but in winter, Berlin is super cold. Yeah, uh, my, f- my friend really, lives. Really, really great. <laughs> my friend lives in Berlin and he lived, uh, we used to live together um, years ago. And he says now that the, the differences are so much more pronounced. So the winters are so much colder than the UK and the summers are so much hotter and warmer, which. Sounds really nice, to be honest. Um, I'm going to kick us off with a few kind of quick fire questions. They don't need to be one word answers, but they're just to kind of break the ice and get things going. And what I'd like to ask you is post COVID, everything's gone away. We can all party again. We're not putting a timestamp on it, but it's fine. So the answers to these questions are post-COVID, everyone's fine to come and party and dance and be healthy. It's okay. If that party just happened to be tonight, what do you think the first record back you would play? So you get into that DJ booth, you see the crowd, it's the first gig back in months What's the first record you reach for to play to yourself and to people? That's a really, really good question, though. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I would start, like usual, a little more chill, so with some good vibes. So maybe I would prefer to play from Casey Light's Girls. Nice. Yeah, that maybe would be my first record. Nice. Um, If... I don't know if this is something you do regularly, but it's my podcast, so I get to ask the questions that I want the answers to. So, again, post-COVID, everything's fine. You've got a gig, first gig back. 
but the rules set by me mean that you have to play this first gig back as a back-to-back -back with someone, any artist in the world, dead or alive, but I just want you to pick an artist who you think you would have kind of the most fun with, like, and you would be like, go into the club or the festival or wherever, and you would be like, yes, this is going to be so much fun, two on, two off, for a few hours, and we're going to have the best time. Oh, there are a couple of nice artists I would love to. Go for it. Uh, wow. Um, I have to pick a couple. Um, so um, maybe Clapton. Nice. Mean, I know him, so I know it's super fun with him. And um, Or Jack Jones. He's always nice. so fun. I really like him. And... Um, yeah, I would love to, um, actually, I would love to play with Mark Nine. Cool. Because I like his style and his attitude. It's so cool to, um, yeah. Nice. I think they are three wicked answers. I, I feel like Clapton was playing at the club that I'm a resident at, Digital, right before. It must have been one of the gigs before lockdown because I think it's one of the last, you know, all those pictures we all get when it's like you and whoever's playing in the booth and you like get a quick selfie. And I feel like it's one of the last one of those pictures on my Instagram account, which isn't one of those COVID pictures when we're all like, oh, remember the time and take us back. <laughs> I think it was like the last authentic like clubbing photo, which is which is sad. So. You've done, you're going to your first setback. You've played that, maybe that Casey Lights thing. Whether it's been a back-to-back -back or not, what's the last track you play of this first setback to kind of maybe sum up the emotion of, of what we've all been through? I mean, I can only imagine the happiness and the joy of those first few parties back when people get to dance together and we get to DJ to those people is there a record that you feel like might make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and give you that emotion as that final record of the first setback? Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I will play a record who's a little bit, yeah, it's also coming down a little bit more and um, maybe a little bit melancholic so that, you know, we can't wait to have the joy. Yeah again next yeah. week <laughs> I love uh, I love kind of I don't know if you get it as much in house music but I love kind of music that makes you feel happy but also kind of cry at the same time <laughs> of course. I'm, I'm so into it I love it so, yeah it's for me it's a lot of like I think I kind of heard Noel Gallagher say it once about he, you know, he likes music that you kind of, you've got one fist in the air, but you've got tears running down your cheeks. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I love, I love records like that. Um, Do you have a recommendation of it? What's your favorite? I don't know. I think they're so, I think they're so personal, right? And I think the other thing which has made me super aware of, of releasing music and writing music this year has been that music exists. Music becomes the tracks that we love and the tracks that make us for, you know, or make us cry or have yeah. memories. It's because we, it's because we did something 
when that music was playing, we fell in love, we fell out of love, we met somebody, we were, uh, the sun was coming up, the sun was going down, it was the last night of a holiday, it was the first night of a holiday. And like, that's why this year, I don't think music has been created in the same way that music has been created in previous years, because it's also created by communal activities, like being on a dance floor, um, together and, and all that kind of stuff so the records that make me cry might not make you cry because they were records that something happened to me or they were a time of you know my life or something so yeah. I don't know but um, yeah I mean there's, there's lots for a second. Um, I have to jump in for a second I, I can start <laughs> it was not working <laughs> I think we have to Is repeat it, it again because okay I saw can you see me can you see me okay now Wait, <laughs> sorry. I thought. It's okay. I mean, I did it. I did it because I'm, you know, I'm super professional. I have an. Uh, it's good. No, it's mic. good. So, what's? Can you can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you really well, but it was not in um, in Ableton. Wait one second. Okay, should we start again? I'm super sorry. It's. Uh, it's okay. I don't know why it stopped. It's okay. Well, I, you have never, you have never stopped for me. So. It's okay, my end. So I'll just sort of, I'll edit this out, but I'll just move on to the next question and we'll continue. Is that okay? Yeah, for sure. Wait, wait. one, two, three, go. Um, is there, this is the last one of the kind of quick fire questions, but is there, an, is there a party? Can you kind of retrace your, in your life? Is there a party or an event or a club that has been really pivotal in your career as a DJ and, a, and, and an artist is there a moment where you can kind of trace it all back to when something happened in your head and you were like I'm going to be a DJ I'm going to be an artist that's what I want to do that's who I want to be yeah um are there I have a lot of a lot of um kind of these moments um for example when I was 18 I had one of my raves in Frankfurt in Germany and one of the um, biggest underground clubs. It was a techno rave. And um, so it, I was so impressed. It was the first time that it was in the underground club and it was techno and it was super rough. And yeah, it was for me super, super nice to see the DJ, how he's, you know, how he's reacting with the, with the crowd. And yeah, so when I was standing there, I was like, wow, that's so nice to have this connection with the people with your music. So, um, yeah, that was one of the moments when I was 18. I felt like, okay, one day I want to have a connection as well. Like, this connection, you know. For me, it's like my drug to be on stage. So to have the connection, to, sh to share my music, to create memories. Like you said, um, some people I met there fall in love and you know being best friends forever and to create this kind of memories as and to have this connection with everyone is I know I can't describe this feeling because it's the most amazing feeling for me you know it's pure love and it's so 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 pure and um, yeah and I think that's a, an amazing answer one of the reasons I ask it is because it it keeps reinforcing with me like a thought that I had, which is we have to keep remembering this as DJs because sometimes we've done two gigs, we've been on a delayed flight, the, the promoter may have 
put us in the wrong hotel or we were picked up late or we were picked up early. But we have to remember that like when we get there, when we start playing, someone's having that experience. Like maybe it might only just be one person, but mm-hmm. one person is in that club for the first time experiencing that. And, you know, we should remember that, that that is what happens all the time. And people have those moments. And just because, and I'm not saying you here, but just because older people think that their moment was better because it was, you know, back there or it was in this club or that DJ was playing, like, we don't get to judge that. Like, that experience is that experience for whoever is in, is in front of us. Um, I want to take you... I want to take you right back before releasing records, before DJing, before that moment in Frankfurt. Uh, I want to take you right back to being a child. And I want to ask you about the first musical influences which you would have had, like what music was being played when you were a small child before you were choosing it. (laughs) Who was playing it? Like parents, siblings, what was being played to you before you could choose um, yeah, um, my parents were big fans of, um, for example, The Who, Led Zeppelin, and um, yeah, also Pink Floyd, and I love Pink Floyd, and Michael Jackson Thriller, I really can remember it. And, uh, and The album mom- cover, right, is so memorable, that album cover of, like... <laughs> love it. So yeah, it was kind of um, rock, yeah, with The Who and stuff like that, yeah. So, um, yeah, and also when I was a teenager, I was listening to, of course, um, Junior Bana and stuff like that. I mean, like everyone in that age. <laughs> and then I came to... Well, can, you, can you remember, can you remember, just because just, just I like to go through this little bit by little yeah. bit, can you remember the first piece of music that was yours? Can you remember the first piece of music that either was given to you or that you bought with pocket money or whatever can you remember the first bit of music that you felt like this is mine and I keep it in my room and I can play it when I want to play it? Like, what was that yeah. bit of music? Um, actually, it was Santana. Yes. <laughs> it was my first first um, record. Um, yeah, my mom was buying it for me. And yeah, so I was really in love with Santana. So yeah, that was my first record. Um, and you were saying then you were listening to kind of hip hop as you were getting... A little bit older. Yeah, and then after my um, rock and crunch time, I was kind of a little more into hip hop. And um, so, and then, of course, I came into the electronic scene. So, my friends starting to listen also to um, electronic music, and we were going to parties um, to Frankfurt and, and Cologne and yeah, that was also super exciting for me. You know, I come from from the countryside. <laughs> there is absolutely nothing, so for me it was always super nice to okay. Now it's Friday again, and let's go. Where's the next party? Um, yeah. So when I was a child, um, see if you know this. When I was a child, I used to live in Bielefeld. Do you know where that in- is? It's it's not far away. Yeah. Yeah. So and then I was in. Um, so when I was in India, I was doing a gig in Goa uh, and Tajamo was playing um, and he's from Bielefeld. <laughs> so we were, uh, yeah, so we were laughing. I was like, how, 
how strange that we've both travelled from different parts of the world to be in Goa and we were both, we both were in, in Bielefeld. So what, do you remember the first time that you, you were talking about these parties that you were going to, but do you remember the first time that you were really aware that somebody was a DJ? Somebody's job was to select music, mix music by them, you know, themselves physically. Like, do you remember the first time you saw that? Because, you know, it, it's, it's so easy to see that now with YouTube and with Instagram, but it wasn't as easy like when we were younger. And so do you remember the first time that you saw someone DJ and that you were aware that that was happening? Yeah, um, it was with Boys Noise. Wow, um, that's a good first experience. It was with Boys Noise, and but, but back in the days, his name was Kid Alex. Yep, Alex. Yep. So and uh, I loved this music so much. It was kind of electronic and pop, and I loved his voice. And for, by the beginning, I didn't know it was his voice. And then, um, yeah, so it was my first music crush. And um, <laughs> then I started to make research. Uh, who's Kid Alex, and I uh, was listening to the music and was going more into into it. So, yeah, that was the first time I realized. Have, have you hey, met him? Okay. Have you met him since? Have, have you met him since you've been doing what you're doing? Um, yeah, I mean, I saw him a couple of gigs, and um, but did you tell know, him? Did you tell him that you were, he was your music crush? And <laughs> uh, no, I never had the chance to talk. Oh. To him. He, he came from <laughs> Berlin. He's not living far away from me. And then you say, we'll see him on a party, and then I will say, hey, listen, um, you're, my, you're my first music crush, and <laughs> you're a big influence, so, yeah. So, and so of when course you I will saw, do. Of course I will do. So when you, when you saw, was it as early as that, when you saw Kid Alex going on to be Boys Nice, when you saw him, was that moment kind of then? Were you like, wow, I want to do this? Or were you just still living through a kind of a period of clubbing and going to gigs and enjoying stuff? Or were you quite f focused? Not focused, but were you quite like, wow, I need to do this? Because my memory is like the first time that I saw a DJ, I just spent the entire night on in the corner of the DJ booth peering over all my friends were out in the club. I didn't leave the corner of the DJ booth. I couldn't work out what was going on I didn't know what they were doing I just knew that I was mesmerized and I knew that I had to do that somehow like was that the same feeling for you yeah so I also was always looking like what is he doing with all these buttons and <laughs> I was looking at this and um, when I studied I started to do a YouTube channel and was deep house and was um, just was searching for new artists on SoundCloud and put the music on YouTube. You know, back in the days was a big thing. So, um, yeah, and my channel was growing and growing and growing. And then I started also to make research of all these DJs. I mean, I had DJs and in my list. They had back in the days, I don't know, 500 followers on SoundCloud, and right now they're one of the biggest, you know, first row DJs. And it makes me also proud to see that. It, that my A and R yeah. <laughs> work was, was doing well, and um, yeah, and then I was starting to make research of all these DJs, and um, it was so interesting, you know. All of them were so different, but it's at the end they were doing all the kind of same music, so and it was so so interesting to see which culture and what is the influence and you know what what is the passion of them and stuff like this. And also I started to chat with them. To get more information, 
Um, then. So t- uh, tell me a couple of those DJs. Tell me, just tell me a couple of those DJs that kind of caught your interest back then. What were the couple of DJs that you started to research and stuff? Clankhouse uh, um, said they were not big at this time. Yeah. So Clan uh, Carousel, Robin Schulz, Kaigo was not big at all. Mu, the singer Mu, you know, and yeah, or um, my ex-boyfriend Clan Künstler. Um, and so I met him because of my channel, and um, during him, and because of him, I became more infos also how to produce, how to make a DJ set and stuff like that. And um, one one day I will never forget. I woke up and I was like, you know, Laura, there are just boys in your list and just boys on your YouTube. So where are the girls? There were no girl, for example, in Germany, I, uh, no one. So and that's why I started to produce my stuff. And then I was putting every month a new track on SoundCloud or a new mixtape to, you know, to. So when did you, had you started producing before you were DJing, or had you started DJing before you'd started producing? Yeah, I started to produce before I started cool. to DJ. Yeah. And so what did you talk me through? And especially, I mean, I, I had this conversation with um, a good friend of mine called Dave Tracy. He is a, a, a radio DJ in Ireland. He has a show on RTE. He's covering for Pete Tong on uh, New Year's Day on Radio 1. We were talking about some of the music he was going to play. And he, was, he said to me, it's so hard to find music that's not from white men. Like, it's so hard to find that, that music. Um, and even on this podcast, I mean, I've spoken to Han- Hannah Lang in the past. I've spoken to um, Nadia Lucy in the past. I've got Helen Dickinson coming up. But again, like I spend a lot of time looking for to represent all corners of our community. And it's not always easy <laughs> to, to, to get, you know, to, to do that. But for anyone who's listening and especially if any, you know, young girls are listening because they've seen your name or because you've shared it. How just talk us through how you got into producing music? Like, what were the first steps that you took? Did you do any online courses? What was the first bits of software you got? And just explain it in a way that, like I say, if there's any young girls or young guys listening, how they could look at planning that journey out as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I was lucky that I had back in days my boyfriend. He was producing, so he said, "Okay, download Ableton." So, and then I started to watch YouTube. Um, videos like crazy and he was um, giving me lessons a lot so I'm super thankful for this because he's a really really great artist and producer so and I learned a lot so this is how it it started and um, you have to keep on to keep on to keep on all the time and um, I mean after years Ableton is still sometimes a misery so (laughs) um, yeah so you have to keep on so be hungry and um, yeah, watch. What, were the, what was the sort of stuff that you were? You've name checked quite a few people for so far. Obviously, your ex boyfriend, obviously, Boys Noise. Obviously, you mentioned people like Kaigo. Um, I don't know how far off this was from Love Sensation, which was the first track that you've got on Beatport. But what were the first types of music that you were trying to produce? What, what did you want to produce at first? What sort of sounds were you trying to produce? So, my influence is. Um, from UK, 
So I really love the UK house, the UK vibe. It's a little bit more bouncy and always a groove. So it's always groovy. You can sit in a chair. <laughs> You have to move, and yeah. Um, so I started since day one to to have a kind of style of UK. So and then I was listening to a lot of UK artists, and I had a lot of luck. So after one or two tracks, Ministry of Sound um, found me on SoundCloud, and they were calling me on Skype, and we had a chat, and they said, hey, we really love your stuff, you want to be our artist? And I was like, what the hell? As a German in the UK market, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. So, um, yeah, it, it was one of the most um, excited moments um, at the beginning when Ministry of Sound was calling me. And how did that, um, we'll come back to other stuff, but as you mentioned Ministry, how did that journey unfold? Like, did you sign a deal to release music? What did they start getting you to do tour DJ gigs? How did that? How did that relationship with Ministry unfold? Um, yeah, um, at the beginning, it, it was just me was putting music on SoundCloud, and so I had no release. And um, I, my first track on SoundCloud was um, um, a track, um, a remix of Matt and Marvin Gaye, Let's Get It On. Nice. Yeah, and um, I was super lucky because he had a lot of plays in such a short time. And no one had a clue who was Lafra. So everyone thought at, at the beginning, oh, it's a guy. Of course it's a guy. <laughs> it's a white guy. <laughs> There were there were no picture of me and stuff. It was just Lofra, and and then I started to write everywhere. Girl from Berlin, that everyone. I was going to ask. So, did you do that on purpose at first? Like at first, did you do it on purpose to not have a picture? Uh, no, no. But you know, I don't know. I had not a good picture, or I don't know. It was not necessary for me to put a picture on me. It's from for me everywhere. It was not necessary. It was about music. Good. So. Um, yeah, and then the song, one day the song was not on my platform anymore. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I got an email from Universal LA. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, as we know, it's not allowed to make a remix or a remake of a, a famous track. So, yeah, but uh, I was lucky that they um, wrote me that, okay, you know, it's not allowed. But we really love this track, and so we want to release it. And I was like, what? That's crazy. And yeah, actually, that was one of my first releases on Universal. <laughs> yeah. And then one thing came to another. And after, I, mean, I think it was just three months. Wow. I got my, um, um, I started to put music on my YouTube channel at the beginning of, 2015 or December 2014, something like that. And then after three months, I got my first request of my first real DJ gig. So this really interests me. Prior mm -hmm. to this request, had you been practicing? Had you been had you been learning, or was it request came in? Oh no, I have to learn. What ha what happened? Um, no, I started to DJ. But I was, 
the beginning, I mean, and you know, yeah, nothing is really tight, and you're still thinking, <laughs> okay, well, what kind of records are fit together? And uh, yeah, so how I create a vibe, you know, you have to learn, you have to practice. Um, yeah, um, and then I asked an, um, a friend of mine, he has a hip hop club in Berlin, it's a very small one, and I asked him, hey, uh, I started to DJ um, house music and um, I really want to practice and how to see how do, how do people react. He said, you know, it's an R&B hip hop club. He said, yeah, I know, but I mean, I can manage it. So let's try. And then he said, okay, so no fee, nothing. You just can play there. And uh, <laughs> and I was there. Oh my gosh, you can't, you can't believe that. My heart was, I don't know, 1,000. And I was so excited, and of course, nothing was not nothing, but a lot of things were a lot of tracks were not really tight. Um, but all my friends were there, and we had a good time. So, um, and this experience was so nice for me to be um, on the decks and to play music, even if it was not tight or you no. Know, but it was so amazing. And then I keep on to play some sometimes there. Just to practice and and yeah. and, and, and um, as we know that all the CDJs and mixes are super expensive, so I had not the money to buy um, CDJs, of course not. And I studied um, communication design, so everything was graphic design. And then um, I learned the people from one um, of the clubs in Berlin called Magdalena. It's not there anymore, but. It was one of the biggest here in Berlin. And I asked them, hey, you need graphic designer? You need some stuff? And they're like, yeah, let's do this. And I got old um, CDJs and an old mixer of them. For, um, they paid me with, with um, CDJs. Nice. So then I could um, learn uh, um, here at home. Yeah, so every day practice. So with Ableton and YouTube on the other side. You're busy. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, so what, was, what was that first gig like then? What, where was that first gig? What, what was yeah. the venue? What were you playing? Just t talk us through it. It's super interesting. Also, this was, I was so lucky. And my first request was a um, really good underground club in Germany. It is called Das Zimmer in Mannheim. Nice. And yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, that for the first gig, that's something, yeah. So, uh, yeah, as I was super excited, but I learned like crazy until my first gig, yeah. So, and still now, every year, I celebrate my DJ birthday there. Oh, that's amazing. That's such a nice story. <laughs> and how did that first gig, how did that first gig go? Like, do you have positive memories of it? Was it, was it super nerve-wracking? Was it... Um, do you feel like you did yourself justice? Like, was it a good, were you happy with it? I mean, obviously we all get better, we're always learning, but do you look back on that really happily and be like, yeah, I think that was a really great, great show? You know, um, it, it was a really great show. So I had hands up moments and everyone was clapping their hands at the end. So <laughs> it was a successful night and I felt like, oh, wow, I'm so high. Yeah, because this energy was bringing me to another level. So and I said, okay, I want more. I so, want more. So I take you back to sort of post that gig, right? So a couple of days or whatever, you've got back from that first gig. What's in your head? Are you thinking, 
I need to get straight back on Ableton and make loads more music. Are you thinking, wow, now I just want to, I want to DJ all the time, like I want to DJ every weekend. Was there a plan? Like, did you have management? Like at that point, just that post that first gig, what was your kind of, are we talking like 2015, 2016 here? Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. what was your plan? Like, how did you continue to thrive in this industry? Um, I spent always a lot of time and money to go to parties where successful people are um, and all the DJs. Um, it was it doesn't matter where and how much. And uh, so um, I always try to get connected with these people. So I spent a lot of time with it and also I was writing emails and was always putting my music, my SoundCloud link in it and hey, blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, it was really crazy with this. <laughs> but at the end, it was super good because my manager, Stefan Darbrook, um, found me. How did, you, how, did you, how did that relationship begin? So yeah, one day I got a call. <laughs> Got in call and say, hey, you're Stefan Dabbock and um, I like your stuff and I would love to work with you. And I was like, what? So then after this call, I really had to cry a little because I knew that it will be a next chapter. It is, this is high level management right now. So um, yeah, and everything changed from that moment. I started to play Ibiza. I started to play Tomorrowland and everything was going crazy. So, yeah. Did, did they, when you signed up, because lots of people will have lots of different experiences of management, lots of people will think that they need management. Um, what, what was your experience? Did they, did they sort of put a plan in front of you? Did they sort of tell you to do things or did they just open doors for you and you still retain the kind of, you know, creative drive because your Instagram has a certain look your music has a certain sound like is that all you was, was that planned with the management or did the management only really just open the doors to more gigs and more record labels what was that journey like with the management so far um so yeah I mean it's a it's a teamwork it's a teamwork um but on my socials it's just my thing so Instagram Facebook is my thing um but with music wise of course we're talking about okay I said, okay, this is what I want. Uh, I want to do piano house right now. I do a little change. I want to go more into tech house, more clubby, and I'm doing a transformation at the moment. So, um, of course, um, we talk about it and think about what is it right now the best best decision. What kind of ways we can do what? Um, what? What's the goal at the end? And so and. Um, he gave me, and Stefan gave me an amazing team. So um, every day I have contact with them and we're sharing ideas and um, they say, okay, do you like this top line? And yeah, you want to work with this artist and you want to do a remix there and um, yeah, so. What were some of those goals? You said you mentioned like goals. So what were the, some of the goals which you, not so much them, what were some of the goals that you said this is what I want to achieve. Um, yeah, I mean, every one of us want to have at the end a big hit, yeah, but I don't make any pressure of myself. So if I, I will have a gig one day, uh, a hit one day, okay, then I will be super happy and thankful. But for me, it's more important 
to be always constantly there, to play good shows, to play with amazing artists, um, to grow slowly but constantly and not too crazy um, because I don't want to fall down. You know, it's, it's I want to be there all, all the time and um, I'm super happy where I am right now, but of course there's a lot of space still <laughs> where I can get and um, I'm really working hard for it. But my goal is to be constantly there and to play shows till I'm 80 years old. Amazing. So if we split it off into two sides and I'll come back to the records and the production in a moment, but you mentioned some pretty amazing names about DJ gigs like Tomorrowlands and Ibiza. Um, if you pick one or two of those sort of, of your favorite shows that you've done so far, um, hit me with a couple of those sort of moments when you've been stood playing somewhere and gone, fuck, <laughs> like this is happening. Um, like, yeah, talk me through a couple of those, those really big pivotal gigs so far in your career. I have a lot of crazy moments. Uh, it's super hard to pick just a couple, but um, of course I'd be so why I was David Guetta. The first show, where I was staying, on, I was on stage, you know, like, <laughs> okay, this is, this is real. <laughs> this is going to happen here right now. And the Morrowland, of course. Um, but also had a lot of nice moments and small clubs. Sure. It's not about to have thousands of thousands of people in front of you. I mean, it's amazing, but it's another vibe, you know, because all these people, when you see just little heads over there, it's, it's um, harder to catch them, you know? Yeah. And you're in smaller clubs and or smaller underground clubs. You also can um, try some another kind of style of your music or, um, yeah, you you can practice in another way and the connection is also totally different because they're super close to you you can give high five and <laughs> you have another vibe and this is also what i really really love you know just in, in that's more in, in team and, and yes yeah i i've not i'm certainly not martin garrix and haven't toured the world playing big stages but i've played a lot of big stages to a lot of people and i've always enjoyed the gigs more when they have been sort of less pressurized when you are sort of in uh, a smaller club or you are maybe doing a warm-up or maybe you're on after the headliner or like when it feels like there's not as much pressure is for me anyway when I've sort of relaxed and let it kind of go a little bit more when those big shows I tend to kind of come off and go what like, what just happened like I feel like I kind of go through it slightly mm -hmm. more robotically on those big shows like I feel like I know I have to hit certain points at certain points and I have to play certain records and when I've enjoyed DJing the most is when I've just sort of let it go there's not as much pressure you like you say you're closer to people and it's you know it's 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 if it's, it's irrelevant it's it's normally three to six in the morning like after that kind of peak point of the night and there's just you and the hardcore people left and the yeah. champagne drinking poses have all kind of disappeared yeah. and it's just it becomes like so much more loose and you can reach 
further back for music and you can go a little bit stranger and a little bit or even a little bit more obvious you know you feel I was talking to Sander Kleinenberg on Monday for an episode and he was talking about his residency in in New York and he was saying like by the time you get to 6am like is like I think he said I think he said I finished on Toto Africa one one morning at like 6am and the sun was coming up and there was only a few people there but he said it just felt so freeing to be able to do that like at that time of the morning yeah. um so it felt good so records wise I'm aware of some of your stuff on Let There Be House, which my friend Glenn runs. Um, talk me nice through. Guy. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. Talk me through. He only lives like just down the road from me. He's not too far away. But talk me through, because we all have these, like talk me through some of your favorite records that you've released. Like, because it's not always, we'll talk about the latest thing. We'll talk about stuff that you want to promote. But now it's like, talk i would like to hear you talk about one of the records that really either is your favorite or means the most to you like it might be from last week or it might be from five years ago but is there a record that stands out to you as being really special to you um yeah um i mean right now my records are i mean the quality was going higher but from every record of course um, but I have um, super nice memories of some stuff I did back in the days. Um, for example, my record was um, on the label of Tough Love, um, Love Fever. Um, yeah. And um, that was also a really emotional thing for me because Tough Love there uh, pushed me since day one. And all, all the UK guys pushed me from day one and I was like, okay, they, they have no clue about me and I'm from Germany and you know, it's a, it was so crazy that also the guys from like Abbey House, uh, they always want to record and make a record with me and I was like, and played on their parties and um, I'm super thankful for every um, support from the UK because this is the way I want, the way I want to go, you know, UK, this is where I feel home and um, yeah, but um, Fluff Fever and um, but also uh, my record from last year, Stray Lovin', it's super housey and uh, uplifting and good vibes and it's about big love and um, that you have a good time, it reminds me always on, um, on, on my love and in the summertime and you have a good time dancing and this is, makes me always a good feeling as well. Yeah. Amazing. Um, if we'd had this chat in like January, right? January this year, and let's just say that, you know, we weren't super aware of global health crises, but we'd had this chat in January and I'd been like, Lovra, what's happening this year? What are you going to be doing? Where are you going to be playing? What music are you going to be releasing? What would you have told me if we'd had this chat in January? What did 2020 look like for you? before the shitstorm of COVID hit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more busy than the year before. <laughs> more crazy festivals as well, and yeah, hopefully more shows in UK. So, um, uh, because I'm also still working close with some guys from, um, from Ministry. I mean, as you know, Ministry has no booking anymore, but I'm still working with them close because they're still working in that scene. And yeah, also record-wise, a lot of stuff. But I have to say one thing. Um, if I had no 
Corona time, maybe I would not do the transformation from this kind of house music I was producing before into tech house, more clubby. So right now I, I said, okay, we have time right now to start slowly my transformation and not everyone sure. is going crazy. Oh my God, she's uh, going more into underground. Um, but right now it's, it's getting slower and slower more into the club stuff. So, and also I decided um, to do n new stuff, you know, not just music. I also want to start my own podcast and uh, at the beginning of next year. So as a woman, you know, so and to tell everything from my side and to have nice guests as well. So I will come back to you. Nice. <laughs> and um, yeah, so to have yeah to always well, keep going. Yeah, you've you've come on to which would have been my next question really, which was so when things hit and when things were cleared from your diary, um, did you change any releases? Like, so I can see that you you have like a release sort of around May time, a um, couple of releases there. I don't know if they just came out on um, on compilations, but did you have any releases that were moved? Like, did you have any releases that were scheduled which were moved because of COVID or did everything that you have signed to come out, come out? No, it's, I mean, you know, you also know it, it's always a struggle. You know, sometimes then right before the release, the singer said, no, I don't want to do it anymore. And, I mean, I had that right now. So next month, I'm supposed to be have a release. And I think, no, I don't want to be anymore. And um, then, of course, it's always something. It's not, it's not always um, straight. <laughs> it's always up and down, left and right. Um, but it's okay for me. My whole life was like this. So up and down, left and right, and jump, jump. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's all right, but of course it's not, not always like, okay, this is the track, we're going to release it then, and it, no, 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 it's not always like this. <laughs> so so what were some of the, and I think it's really interesting because I was just talking to, I've just signed a new management contract, um, I have, yeah, potentially, in a, in, a, in a way I'm trying to use the break to reboot, to restart, like, you know, you know, slightly altered music. There's records that I have that were that were they weren't actually signed, but there was a couple of labels that said they wanted them, and I've just decided now, like, no, I don't want to release that sound anymore. Like going into 2021, that's not the sound that I want. Um, so I think there is a lot of artists that will have used this time to reboot, reset, slightly tinker with brands, like how it looks, how it sounds. Um, why did you make the decision to, as you put it, I mean, I'm just taking your words, but why did you take the decision to go a little bit more techier and a little bit clubbier? What was the, the thought process behind that from you? Did that come from you or did it come from management or was it a bit of both? It, it comes 100% um, from my side. I mean, of course I say, hey, it's cool, do it. But I always played house and tech house. Since day one, I play house and tech house. And, and at my shows, so also before um, when I played for David Guetta, I was playing the sound because he because he said, okay, Laura, I want to have someone who's playing house music and not someone who's playing hot style or EDM yeah. kind of stuff. So I always was playing what I feel, and this is the most important thing. If you're not playing your music, what you feel, what is your passion for, what you know, then you can't give this energy to your crowd. 
And um, yeah, so I always, since they want to, I feel tech house. And also, I like also going to techno parties and stuff like that. You know, it's um, so now I have time to do this transformation, like I said, and um, I really feel more this tech house. Kind of, you know, Dennis Cruz or something like that, more, um, or Houseworks, by the way, one of my favorite producers, or, you know, this is, um, or, yeah, this tool room family, uh, Glasgow Underground. I was just uh, emailing Colin this morning. <laughs> say hi. Say yeah, hi. he's not he's not very well. He's not very well. So I don't know um, what's up with him, but yeah, he's not very well. Tell me about... Um, the podcast, right? So this is super interesting. Tell me about your plans for it. Do you have a name for it? What's it going to be about? What would you like it to become? Just, yeah, sell it if it's going to come soon. Tell us all about it. Yes, I want to talk, of course, about nightlife and festival stuff and um, all my guests have to, should come from this industry. Could be also a barkeeper. Um, our security, <laughs> a DJ, producer, event manager is catering. I don't know. You know, everyone can tell a story. Yeah. So I want to do this. And I also want um, to have someone in my show from time to time, um, um, a therapist, that she, she will be there and you can ask her stuff. Because for me, I saw a lot of DJ struggling this year. I mean, you always see producers and musicians or creative people struggling and no one is talking about it this problem of course sometimes they say okay I have a burnout or now I have need my time for myself I need a break and um, but talk about it you know because so many people out there have the same stuff and also me you know I, I'm, I have I have times I'm always I'm always struggling you know we are creative people we always want to do 100%. But this is this is not necessary. You don't have to do 100%. No one on this world have to do 100%. So if you can't sleep, if you have overthinking all the time or you know struggling what's going on next year because of corona, you know this is also when it's no corona, what's going on next year. So is my music right? Does the music love? Uh, does the people love me? So maybe my show was shit. So, and you sit in, in your hotel room and you think, "Fuck, this show was so shit. What what can I do right now?" So um, we had, we need to talk more about this stuff. Or yeah. when when it's um, super um, crazy with traveling, you know, the people are always seeing good stuff. You know, they see, okay, we're on a plane and we're going into our show and. Um, having good times and love, peace and harmony, but you can't, you don't see everything behind the doors. Yeah. You know, that we, when we're alone at the hotel room, when we miss flights, when we have no sleep, when we have to struggle with crazy people. And, you know, do, do you think, I have, a, I have a question for you, right? I think all that is amazing and I will be listening because I don't always think people understand the loneliness, the anxiety, the fear, um, you know, all of that stuff. And I know that lots of people outside of our industry feel that as well, but we're talking about our industry, so so that's where we're at. But, so do you think, and here's a question for you, do you think me and you, right, this is just a little, a little pact between me and you, do you think next year 
you and I should post on our Instagram pictures of us looking like the second that I just get an email back from my late the label my dream label and they say yeah really nice record but we're gonna pass this time should I post a picture on Instagram with my head in my hands <laughs> saying I'm feeling really down um I thought this was a great track but it's been turned down I don't know if it's any good I don't know if I should just delete it because all, I'm not talking about you now, but all we do as an industry is post those pictures when we feel great. Like we only post the pictures when we're on the plane, at the gig, like signing a contract. Uh, we're number one on Beatport. Like, should we be more honest on, on Instagram about, about how we feel? This is a really good question. I was asking this myself a couple of times because um, sometimes I would love to share. Fuck. Now the singer was saying no, or um, they said no to my track, <laughs> or um, they cancelled my show, and I know, of course, I'm really thinking about it right now. I would love to share more honest, but is this what the people want to see? I don't because, know. Because we also don't want to, and I think this is, has also been quite prevalent this year, because uh, some of us are lucky enough to live quite fortunate lives in normal times as far as doing what we love playing music you know living a certain level of life of which we enjoy so people who've lost their jobs this year and people who've really struggled this year don't want to see poor old fucking djs complaining about stuff and i don't even know if in real life so forget covid i don't know if in three years time people still want to see pictures of me like in an airport, looking like shit, like the plane's been delayed, like mm -hmm. I'm going to miss the next gig, like my record's just been turned down, the singer's just pulled out of the track. <laughs> I don't know if people want to read. Yeah, I don't know if people want to read a big post from me going, oh, I feel so sorry for myself right now. <laughs> This is also what I think. It's it's more like, oh my god, this is your problem, really. You're on big stages in the world, and you see great people, and this is your problem right now. Of course, <laughs> I think this is not what someone wants to see. Of course, um, yeah. So let's keep it happy and good vibes <laughs> on the socials. Yeah. And then we'll just talk about our problems on your podcast. We'll come to you. We'll get. We'll let it all out, and we'll get some. We'll get some. We'll get some help and advice. But, but I saw this year a lot of DJs. They were stepping back on the socials. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they was they were not doing it because they had no content. It was more about I need to come down and to realize what's going on here right now. Yeah. I need my time and. Please, <laughs> of course, I can't understand it 100%. Me as well, normally I post everyday stuff, every day. But right now I think, okay, I post just, I don't know, four or five times, uh, four times a week. Okay. You know, sometimes I need time for myself to... Because it's not, because how exciting, and again, I'm not talking about you here, but how exciting is it sitting in my studio in joggers, like listening to kick drums you know what i mean like looking for samples 
Like it, yeah. it's not as exciting as landing in Ibiza or arriving at Ministry of Sound or where my new record is or like it. it so yeah. a lot of DJs have been, I think we've all found that that's the, the majority of our content is about what we do, like and not maybe enough about our personalities. Um, I don't know, like it, it is difficult. Um, but I'd like to ask you, you've already sort of answered this question, but 2021, what can people expect from Lovra in 2021? Um, way more music. Um, so um, I, I always do right now um, a radio mix and my club mix. So and this, this is the start of this transformation. So, and yeah, a lot of more love tapes. I'm, I'm doing a lot of mixes, and I call it since they want love tapes. So a lot of love tapes, my podcast, um, hopefully a lot of nice shows that we all can see each other again and to spread the good vibes. And I, I'm pretty sure everyone was going to freaking out for the first show. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right, so I'm going to, before, as we start to wrap up the show, um, before we start doing some of the things that I like to do to end the show, tell people where they can find out more about you. Hit me with social handles, websites, anything you want. Just give people some links to find out more about you. Yes, um, on Instagram, Lafra, Facebook, Lafra, SoundCloud, Lafra. You nailed uh, it. Just Lafra everywhere. And Spotify, Lafra, Apple Music, Amazon, everywhere with Lafra. So just put Lafra on Google and you will find a lot. <laughs> good skills, good branding skills there. Um, yeah, right, always so, can, um, you always can write me because I um, give, um, always give answers. I don't care, you know, everywhere on my socials. Well, I, I have to say, Lovra, I um, was aware of your music, but we had no personal connection prior to, to this. And I think, yeah, I messaged you just saying, hey, like, you know, I'd love to speak to you on the podcast. I've spoken to these people and you got back to me super fast. So I can vouch for that. Uh, the communication skills are there. Drop her a message and I'm sure she'll get back to you. Um, let me ask you. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, because, you know, I'm super thankful that people listen to my music. And this is just a small piece I can give back. This is a message or, you know. This is everything. This is just a small piece of what I can give back for the support. Um, so I'm going to hit you with a few more quickfire type questions. Um, favorite club that you have played so far in your career? This is also a heavy question. The favorite club. Um... I really love ministry. The sound system is sick. The crowd is sick. So, and in Germany, I would say um, also Harry Klein in Munich. Nice. Um, I have some good, uh, nice uh, nights here in, at KitKat Club um, in Berlin. I mean, we know, <laughs> but I'm playing always techno over there, and it's also crazy. All the people I'm gonna dance and going crazy I love it um, I had a lot of good shows and a lot of nice clubs I can pick one no that's that's great I love ministry as well I've been to Kit Kat Club uh, but I haven't been to the other one um, <laughs> if you got post-covid 
you get an, uh, an email from your manager or, or a text or whatever and you've got a booking and you're going to be playing let's just say ministry because you picked it right you're going to be warming up for someone at ministry you're going to be going on maybe like um, one till two or something I don't know or maybe 11 till one <clears throat> in the main room and you just get that email and you read the name of the artist that you're warming up for and you just think yes this is perfect I'm going to go I'm going to play exactly the kind of music that I want um, and as soon as I take my headphones out I'm going to either stay in the booth that big lovely booth with the bit to the side at ministry and I'm going to watch them or I'm going to be down in the floor or in the VIP just having the best time because I love their music who is that DJ that you just think this couldn't be more perfect for me to warm up for them wow this is also a difficult question um, cool. I mean, of course, Clapton. Um, also, uh, Dennis Cruz. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. I think that's a good answer. I take that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there a record which has influenced you the most over your career? Is there something that you? keep going back to to listen to when you're producing is there something that you keep playing like that just stays in your in your sets all the time is there a record that yeah has influenced you in your career as a producer and as a dj so far um it's not in my dj set all the time but it's something what influenced me since day one is um show me love from robin s yes um this kind of house music is, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to Stonebridge because I think it's the Sten mix, isn't it, that everyone sort of references as that as that as that version. Um, what and I, got I would first vinyls of it right now. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, I think it's big mine's behind me. Um, <laughs> so, last thing, well, second last thing we're going to do. I would like you to curate a dream gig. Um, so you're going to pick where it is it can be somewhere that you've been or you've played like you know Ishwaya or ministry or, or whatever or it can just be like generic like a huge festival on the beach or a small underground club but you're going to choose where this party is taking place we're going to have three acts um it's not so much warm-up middle and headline it's kind of three you know co-headlines you can play you can play back to back or you can just pick your lineup and enjoy it um, but lover, I want to know where this dream gig is going to take place. Um, it's maybe in. Uh, <laughs> it's maybe in Thailand. Nice. On, a on the where they have the half moon party on the on the beach in Koh Phangan. Yeah, or also, or maybe in the east, um, maybe in uh, Romania or something like that. Nice. First, we have a big, big festival. It's going crazy. We have a good time. And after that, we have the after party in a really small underground club. So okay. this <laughs> So we have both. Okay. And who's playing? Who is playing? So I would have three stages. Um, house music means not, not too poppy. Um, that more classy house maybe so like little box and then um, I have a tech house a tech house stage 
I mean, with the underground, uh, classical underground club, uh, artists, and um, yeah, just kind of two-room artists, you know, just kind of stuff. And then I have a techno stage. Definitely a techno stage, yeah. For every festival, it's very important <laughs> stage as well. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. The last helps. thing, cool. The last thing then I'm going to ask you to do is to name a record to play out the audio version of the podcast and I will try to link it on the YouTube version. So we've been having a lovely chat for an hour. People have been listening to, to your story and listening about your career and what's to come. And I would just like you to introduce a record that people are going to listen to um, to close out the podcast. It can be one of yours. It can be your most recent record. It can be one of yours from the past. It can be something you heard this morning. It can be something from your... It can be Show Me Love. It can be anything you like. It's, it's totally up to you. But you get to pick the record, introduce it, and tell people why you think they should listen to it now. Um, of course, um, for my latest, um, for my latest uh, release, the way I do the club mix, because there you can start to feel a little bit more where I want to go. Um, and I also go a little bit crazy about um, from Marco Ferreno and Krico, um, Armageddon. <laughs> this is super fresh. I really, really love it. Hmm. It can be um, do you have something? I think I think well, well no, I'm going to do it in post, so I'll do it afterwards. So I think I'll play the club mix of the way I do, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that would be would be very nice. Thank Amazing. You. Well, Lovra, it has been an absolute delight to speak to you. I can't wait to hear your new music. I can't wait to listen to your new podcast, and I really hope that at some point next year we bump into each other in Ibiza and everyone's dancing and having a great time. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me and I'll see you again soon. Thank you so much. Felix Leiter's In The House, the podcast about DJs, what they do and who they are.